Hey, this is Rich Wilkerson. I'm the pastor of Voo Church in Miami, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Come on, somebody give God your praise today. Ah, oh, what a powerful song we're singing about. Oh, Holy Spirit, that's who we're crying out to. We need the power of the Spirit. And I don't know if anyone's told you, but today is Pentecost Sunday. This is the day that we remember in Acts chapter 2, the filling of the early apostles, the 120 in the upper room. They were baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe today God has brought us together. And I believe I've got a word for you about the power of the Holy Spirit. I am so grateful that you are here today joining us for Church Online. Come on, can we make a little bit of noise for the worship team? So good to be in the studio with these guys, Carrie and Zach and Ash and Luke. And these guys are going to help me preach today. I want you to grab your Bible right now. Turn with me to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. As you're turning there, let me just say, what's up, Church Online? How are we doing, YouTube Live? Come on, what's up, Facebook Live? Anyone over there at voochurch.com in the chat right now, come on, put the fire emoji because that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the fire of God. Get the fire emoji happening. Come on now. Let's go, Church Online, in the chat. Make some noise. I'm so pumped that you're here today. You guys are leading so, so strong. And last week, I so enjoyed being in the studio with you guys. I was like, we got to just, we're just making this a habit now. Get the social distancing happening. Make this take place. We are in week 12 of quarantine. And although many of us are still practicing social distancing, um, that's happening in different phases now in the city of Miami. I don't know where you're tuning in from. Uh, we've never, not for once, been practicing spiritual distancing. In fact, we're so grateful for the power of technology because we're able to stream into your home, Maybe you're able to hear this today by way of podcast later in the week or watching back on YouTube. We're so grateful for all of our VU friends and family. Come on, can we just put our hands together for our entire online audience? Come on, VU friends and family, we love you guys. Thanks for, thanks for being a part. And if you haven't noticed over the last 10, 11 weeks now, I've been preaching with my phone number on my shirt. I think I'm running out of outfits, man, but uh, 305-501-1890. We're gonna keep popping that up in the chat throughout the message. The whole reason for that is because uh, we want to make sure that if you got any questions, if you need anything, just shoot me a text. Sometimes it's just easier to text directly to me, and we're trying our best to get back to everyone. Uh, we, we do text out, and we do want to keep you informed, and I think it's a powerful way to stay connected. 305-501-1890. So many cool things happen in life for our church, you guys. Like, if you don't know, we just finished a six-week collection entitled The Story You Tell Yourself. Today's Pentecost Sunday. We're going to get to that. But we are two weeks away. Everyone say two weeks. How do you say it in Spanish? Oh, okay. Sorry. I'm still working on my Spanish. Dos, two weeks away. I don't know if you heard this yet. VuConf Live. We were planned this year to be at the Watsko Center with thousands of people. COVID-19 showed up. But although we had to postpone the Watsko Center to 2021, VuConf Live is happening. It is a virtual interactive conference. Man, the news is out there. John Maxwell, Carl Lentz, Mike Todd, all going to be in the studio with me preaching directly to you. It's a free conference. Say it out loud. Free. F-R-E-E. I just, I just like things that are free. And this is a free virtual conference. We're two weeks away and we're starting to build our faith. You know, I think faith is an expectation. Faith is an anticipation. I don't know what it is, but God, He responds not to need. God tends to respond to faith. 
And so I want to get my faith up over the next two weeks because I believe June 12th through the 14th, VUCONF Live, that so many of us are going to find new levels of freedom. So many of us are going to walk into brand new perspectives. So many of us are going to discover our God dreams, our God calling. I know for me right now, I'm praying for clarity for our church. And I just know that when we plan to meet with God, God always shows up. And so I want you to be a part of that June 12th through the 14th, VUCONF Live. Go to VUCONFLive.com. Go to VUConference.com. They're going to put this stuff up somewhere, and uh, I'll make sure you get the information. But today, I want to take a moment, and I want to preach to you from uh, Acts chapter 2, if you've got a Bible. Acts chapter 2. And uh, as you're turning there, Somebody really quick helped me unlock my iPad. Somebody gave me a locked, I think Dakota, oh, look at Oliver coming from backstage. You gotta love technology. It doesn't always go good for you, man. And someone, I don't even know my own passwords. That's how much help I need. It's a good thing I'm preaching about the Holy Spirit because he's a helper in time of need. All right. All right, Acts chapter two. I have most of the Bible memorized, but I'm still learning some portions of Acts. And so that's why I needed my iPad. Uh, Acts chapter two, starting in verse one. Uh, is where I'm going to read from. And then one more time, guys, uh, all the notes are gone. This is super fun. Maybe we'll fix it in the post. Come on, Dakota. Let's go slower. There we go. I've been thinking a lot about life. And I've been thinking like that guy. No, they're fixing it for me. Like, just start. Perfect. Thank you so much. Oliver, back to the camera. Thank you. God bless you. We're kidding. We're kidding. Acts chapter 2. All right, Acts chapter 2. Don't edit it. It's more fun this way. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 1. It says this, it says, when the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly, everyone say suddenly. That's a good preacher word right there. Suddenly. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. In divided tongues as of fire, appeared to them and rested on each one of them and they were all filled someone say filled they were all filled with the holy spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance today is pentecost sunday and today i want to preach to you about the holy spirit yet i grew up in a pentecostal circle Pentecostal is just a group of people that still really believe in the power of the day of Pentecost, still believe that God is working, still believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I believe in all of the gifts of the Spirit. And so I grew up, Zach can attest, because we grew up in the same church growing up. Uh, I, don't, I don't always call him the Holy Spirit. I know of him as the Holy Ghost. And I wanted to preach on this Pentecost Sunday from this subject, I know a ghost. Come on, somebody in the chat. Just put it up there. I know a ghost. Even use the ghost emoji. Come on, it's 2020, bro. I know a ghost. You know, depending on how you grew up in church, uh, many of us that are watching today, we have different ideas about the Holy Spirit. You know, I grew up in a strong, charismatic Pentecostal home that, that taught the gifts of the Spirit, that preached about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, gifts like speaking in tongues, gifts like prophecy. These are things that I, that I grew up with. I, I still believe that God is the healer. I still believe that if someone gets sick, according to the book of James, that we should call the elders, we should call the leaders, we should lay our hands on them. And when we lay our hands on them, according to the scripture, the prayers of a righteous man and woman, they availeth much. That there's, there's something to the, the power of God that I can lay my hands on someone and I believe that supernatural power can be transferred. 
I believe in this. And because I grew up in a church like that, in a world like that, I mean, I saw all sorts of stuff. You know, I grew up around at times what some people, you know, call charismania. I saw all sorts of things. I know people that they think the power of God is when you get drunk in the spirit and you sit around and you laugh all day and that is a manifestation of God's power. I remember one time this preacher came through our church and he would pray for us and then when, people, when he would pray for people, they would, they would fall over. I, I saw this like when I was younger, I was like, what in the world? And I remember I asked my mom, I said, mom, um, when they're praying for people and the people fall over, what happens when they pray for themselves? <laughs> like if you could slay someone in the spirit, that's a term that's used in sometimes charismatic worlds. Can you slay yourself in the spirit? I mean, wouldn't that be something if I just pray for and I just went down? I mean, I don't know. These are the questions that I had. I remember one time this preacher came through and everyone was falling down. I was super scared to get prayed for. I was like, I don't want to fall down. And my dad said to me, Rich, let me teach you a lesson. If someone's praying for you and they ever try to knock you over, just make sure you grab their tie and you bring them on down with you. So although I grew up in this world where we saw many manifestations of the spirit of God, I also had parents that were teaching me and teaching me things like self-control and teaching me things about the reality of scripture. And so I grew up knowing a ghost, but maybe you grew up in a world that you, you know the Holy Spirit. And I, I, I call it the pendulum effect. Because what I see in the church, and I'm really bringing a message today to the church, but I believe that wherever you're watching online today, that this is going to be helpful for you. Because right now you're like, this is a different message Rich is talking about. Like, what are we, what are we getting after here? I'm, I'm going to get there. I'm going to bring you on the journey. But this is what I see happen in the church. I see the pendulum effect. I see one group of people over here that are all about the Holy Ghost, that every service, it's the Holy Ghost. We have to do this and do that. And it's like the, you know, the Holy Ghost car wash, and everyone's got to fall out. And that's how we know we had church. But then the pendulum goes to the other side where there's a whole lot of group of people that that freaks them out. And they're like, yo, I'm cool with Jesus, but all that stuff, I don't want nothing to do with it. And what happens is there's so many people because of other people that are creating a narrative, that are creating a, a picture that they're missing out on the power of the Holy Spirit. And my prayer for our community known as Vu Church and for you at home is that we would properly and effectively teach about who the Holy Spirit is, what the Holy Spirit does in our life, and why we need the Spirit. I mean, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Right now, in the times that we find ourselves in, the thing that keeps me going is not my own strength, it's the strength of the Spirit. When I feel like giving up, when I've got no more power, I sense that He is with me. I'm grateful today that in difficult times, in hard times, I know a ghost, the Holy Ghost, who brings power to my life and encourages me to keep moving forward. Come on, somebody, if you believe that, put your hands together a little bit out there. I know a ghost. I know a ghost. Do you know the Holy Spirit? Well, you got to start by going, who is the Holy Spirit? Now, last week I had Luke in here and I made Luke the preacher and, and we walked out and Zach's like, yo, man, I got a gift to preach too. And so I said, all right, Zach, you're helping me with my scriptures today. I, I just wanted to find right up front because I just want to lay some scriptures down. Get your notepad out. Church online is about removing distractions. It's about getting your family together. If you're not watching it on your mobile device, put your mobile device away. Grab the crude discussion. Open up a Bible. Take some notes. Do some work today. I said it last week. The more you engage with this, the more you're going to get from this. But John chapter 14 defines really who the spirit is, who the ghost is in our lives. John 14, verse 16, uh, read through verse 18. The context of this is that Jesus is getting ready to go away really quick. He's getting ready to go to the, he's getting ready to go to the cross. 
from the cross, he's gonna go to the grave and he's preparing his disciples. He's letting them know like, I'm not leaving you all by yourself, okay? There's, I'm gonna send someone, I'm gonna send the ghost, okay? So he's describing the Holy Spirit, but look at John chapter 14, verse 16. Zach's gonna read it. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Okay, this is, this is really powerful and this is great foundational stuff before we get to Pentecost Sunday and before we get to Acts chapter two. Jesus is describing the spirit and the first thing that jumps out of the text for me is that when Jesus describes the Holy Spirit, he lets you know that the Holy Spirit is a person. Notice he says words like him and, and he. See, the Holy Spirit is the third part of the Trinity. That you and I, followers of Jesus, we're not just Jesus only. No, we're the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Trinity is this massive theological conundrum. It's three in one, one in three. A coexistent, co-eternal God. That's why in the very beginning of the Bible, you'll even see pictures of the Holy Spirit when the scripture says, God, Genesis chapter one, let us create man in our own image. Who is us? It's the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, when Jesus describes the Spirit, he uses this word counselor. The Greek word, the New Testament was written in Greek. The Greek word for counselor is the word parakletos. Now, when you define the word parakletos, it means one called alongside to help. So a good way to look at the ghost, I know a ghost, is simply that, that the Holy Spirit is a helper in your life. You see lots of different words as you read John 15 and 16 as Jesus goes on to describe him. He's a counselor, he's, he's a comforter, he's a helper, he's one who brings strength. Now I want you to put this into context, okay? Because Jesus is getting ready to say bye to the disciples temporarily. We believe that Jesus is coming back. We believe that he's coming back for a church. But as he's getting ready to say goodbye, he says, don't, don't, don't be afraid, don't worry. I'm gonna send someone to comfort you. I'm gonna send someone to counsel you. I'm gonna send someone to help you. Who is he gonna send? He's gonna send the Holy Spirit. It reminds me, um, you know, when my wife, when she goes out of town, or I shouldn't even go recently, I, I should go way back to the, back in the day when my wife and I were first dating. Because uh, when my wife and I were first dating, we didn't have the luxury of FaceTime. Where's all the single people at right now? Yeah, single people, just, just in the chat right now, just say, I'm single, I'm single. I'm preaching to you right now. You think you got it so bad, you have FaceTime. That's not even real singleness. Like, that's not even really being single. If you can FaceTime someone, if you can FaceTime your boyfriend or your girlfriend, you don't know what it's like to be single and lonely. No, 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 you have Face. I didn't have FaceTime. Instead, I would see my wife, we were long distant, we'd visit one another, and then when she went away, I would have to get a picture of her, and I'd have to stare at her and go, I just can't wait till we get back together again. I was thinking about that this week because that to me is a great picture of what a lot of Christians look like. You see, we have God's word and God's word is a picture of who God is. We have Jesus. Jesus is the embodiment of God. If you wanna know what God looks like, simply look at Jesus. Some of you out there, you're wondering, what's the character of God? What's the nature of God? What's the tone of God? What's God's posture? How does God grieve? How does God celebrate? We have all of those answers. Guess how we do it? We simply look at Jesus. But a lot of Christians, they stop right there. They've got the Father, they've got the Son, 
son. They've got the word, but what they fail to realize is that they have the Holy Spirit. They have the ghost, and the ghost is like FaceTime, that you don't just have to stare at a picture and go, I can't wait till I see Jesus again. I can't wait till I get to heaven. I can't wait till I walk into eternity. No, baby, it's better than that. This is Pentecost Sunday. The Holy Ghost has come, and because of it, you can walk boldly, bringing heaven down to earth. I know a ghost. He's here to help me, to counsel me, that as I make decisions, Holy Spirit, help me. I don't know what to do. Holy Ghost, I need your power right now. I feel weak. Holy Spirit, fill me. Give me your power. Jesus did not simply visit you and then abandon you. No, when he visited you, he sent you a helper known as the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is a person, and he wants to strengthen you. He wants to help you. I'm grateful for our God that he didn't just wind up the clocks of time and say, have at it. No, but rather he sent one to walk alongside us. The Father who's forgiven us. The Son who sits next to the Father, according to Hebrews, interceding for us. But the Holy Spirit who is here on earth with us. Whew. Get this today. Get this today. You have a faith today that's not simply just going to get you to heaven. You have a faith today that can help you thrive here on earth. God doesn't want to just get you to heaven. God wants to teach you how to bring heaven down to earth. And that's what the Holy Spirit helps us do. And so who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit's the third person of the Trinity. But the question is, what has the Holy Spirit done? I, I could give you so many scriptures. I just want you to write a couple of these down. Because it's essential that if you're going to follow Jesus, that you recognize the importance of the Holy Spirit and God's purpose to spiritually redeem people. Watch this. There's no creation, there's no universe, there's no human race without the Holy Spirit. Genesis 1, 2, Job 33 and 4. Did you know there's no Bible according to 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 21 without the Holy Spirit? There's no New Testament. John 14, 26, John 15, 26 through 27. There's no power, here we go, it's what we're leaning into today, to effectively communicate the message of Christ Acts 1.8. Listen to me. Without the Holy Spirit, we would have no way to even have faith in God. It's the Spirit that draws us. It's the Spirit that leads us. There wouldn't be any Christians on the planet without the power of the Holy Spirit. And all I want to do today is I want to let you know that you have access to the ghost. I don't want to just know the Holy Ghost for myself. I want you to know the Holy Ghost. It's like, can you imagine growing up always just watching black and white television and then one day somebody so showed you color television? Yeah, once you saw the color TV, you're not going back to black and white. Like, I don't know about you, I'm not going back to a flip phone. I know there's a whole movement out there right now called minimalism. Shout out to minimalism, I love it, but I'm not going back to a flip phone. I have stepped into the access of the iPhone. <laughs> this is how the Holy Spirit is, is that many of us, we live our whole life and rather than get all we can out of God, we simply limit God and say, I'm cool with Jesus and the Father. Uh, I'm not gonna step into that Holy Spirit stuff. And most of it's because something weird, something strange, something bizarre you heard, it freaked you out. And it made you miss out on the beauty of it. I often talk about the idea the first time I ever experienced first class. You know, I, I've always got on the airplane. When you go on the airplane, you come into that door, you guys know about it, you can either go right or you can go left. And the majority of my life, I have always been going right. It's just, I'm called to coach. It just, the Lord had me in coach. I'm just, I'm just following Jesus in coach. But the more and more I flew, I started getting these things called upgrades. 
And one day I got upgraded and they said, Mr. Wilkerson, uh, you've been upgraded to first class. I was like, okay, what's that all about? And so you walk onto the airplane and instead of going right, you go left. And baby, I went left and I discovered a whole new world, a new fantastic point of view. Once I went to first class, I was like, yo, this is, this is some different living up here. They're hooking you up up here. Stewardess, they're nice to you. Mr. Wilkerson, how are you? I never heard that in my life in coach. It wasn't until I got to first class. How many know when I got a taste of first class, oh, it wasn't as fun going back to coach. I, I want to give you a taste of the spirit. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I know a ghost. And when the ghost gets on your life, you have the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. Somebody give God some praise in the chat. Come on, the chat, just say, I know a ghost. I know a ghost. It really, when you study the scriptures, you'll see that the purpose of the Holy Spirit has so many roles in our life, but Jesus ultimately, he brought it back to this beautiful, beautiful moment that Jesus says, no, when you receive the Spirit, you will receive power. There's a lot of things that I could, I could talk to you about the Holy Spirit, but I, I wanna just talk today about the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, following Jesus and receiving the Spirit does not lead to spiritual elitism. I think that's what happens sometimes once again in church is we start going, well, what gifts of the Spirit do you have? And well, I got more gifts than you and I got more gifts than her. And it creates this comparison culture that was never ever the plan of God. It's not at all what God wants. No, I don't need the Holy Spirit to be better than you. I need the Holy Spirit to be better than me. I don't need the power of the Holy Spirit to get to heaven. I need the power of the Holy Spirit to function here on earth. You know where you really need the power of the Holy Spirit? Traffic. Yeah, traffic on I-95 to all my Miami folks. Come on, let me know in the chat where you watching from right now. Anyone watching from the 305? Come on, show the city some love. Anyone from LA, anyone from New York, maybe you're from a different country. Let us know what country you're watching from right now. But come on, you want to know when you need the power of the Holy Spirit? It's called traffic. You need it to survive here on earth. And Acts chapter 2 is this beautiful moment after Jesus has ascended to heaven. The disciples, they go and they, they wait on the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit shows up, it is quite a scene. Now, as we get to Acts chapter two, I wanna talk for a moment about the New Testament and how the New Testament is put together. Uh, because when you read the New Testament, that's starting with the Gospel of Matthew and ending with the prophecy of Revelation, you can read it and at times it can be kind of confusing as you read it, because you're like, yo, this thing's not in chronological order. And it's not written in chronological order. And that's going to be helpful as you just read the story of Jesus, as you read the Acts of the Apostles, as you read the Pauline Epistles. For instance, the Pauline Epistles, um, they're not ordered in chronological order. Instead, they're ordered uh, from in length. It's the longest to the least. And so it, it begins with his longest letters. Uh, Revelation, for instance, when it was put in, it was put at the end simply because it talks about the end times. It's, it's the revelation of last things. We begin the New Testament with the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because this is the ministry of Jesus. Matthew is put first because it starts out with the genealogy of Jesus, and it gives you the record of where he came from in his birth. And right there, you start with baby Jesus in a manger, then to Mark, and then to Luke, and to John. And if you're reading it, if you've noticed this before, when you read Luke, it, it's, it's confusing because as you read Luke, you're like, wait a minute, I feel like Acts is supposed to come after Luke. Why does John come first? You see, uh, the book of Acts and the book of Luke were written by Dr. Luke himself. 
Many scholars actually believe that it was one letter written in continuation. However, when they put the Bible together, they on purpose placed the book of Acts after the four gospels. Why is that? Well, number one, I believe that Acts is placed after the gospels because once you've heard the gospel, now you're compelled to act out the gospel. But secondly, the reason why Acts is positioned after the four gospels is because it serves as a reminder that after Jesus left the earth, the ministry of Jesus did not stop on the earth, but rather now through the power of the Holy Spirit, you and I, as followers of Jesus, we are able to walk out Christ's mission. Acts 2 is beautiful. It's known as the day of Pentecost. And today, once again, May 31st is Pentecost Sunday. Come on, just put it there in the chat. Pentecost Sunday, baby. Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost is a Jewish holiday known as the Feast of Weeks. And the Feast of Weeks happens 50 days after Passover. Now, we're doing a little bit of just, you know, a little study today. When was Jesus crucified? Anyone know in the chat? Put it out there before I say it. Come on, let's see if there's some smart people in the chat. A couple people got it. Passover, right. Jesus was crucified at Passover, which tells us that after Jesus was crucified and resurrected, there was 50 days leading up to this moment called Pentecost. We know from scripture that Jesus walked on the earth. Come on, I'm gonna let the chat answer this right now. Anybody know in the chat how long Jesus walked on the earth before he ascended to heaven? Come on, put it in there. Let's see all the smart people. Someone's watching late at night right now. Come on, let's see if you know it. You got it, 40 days. Jesus walked on the earth for 40 days. What most scholars believe is the upper room experience, which we read at the start of this message today, happens over the course of a 10-day period. Meaning for 10 days, they were living out and they were waiting on the promise that Jesus said that if you'll wait in Jerusalem, I'm going to send you the counselor. I'm gonna send you the parakletos. And when you receive the ghost, you're gonna receive the power. The Feast of Weeks is a Jewish holiday where people would come from all over into Jerusalem and they would celebrate really the harvest and they would give thanks and they would offer praise and sacrifice to God. In Acts chapter two, it's 10 days after Jesus has ascended from the earth. And as he's ascended, now they have gone back. In many cases, they're probably wondering, where did Jesus go? They're probably staring at the last things that he said. They got this picture and they're probably discouraged to some degree, but they've learned how to be obedient. They've learned how to walk out faith. What is faith? Faith begins when your understanding ends. Put it in the chat right now. You've never had faith until you've had to do something that you don't understand. Jesus gives a command, go back to Jerusalem and simply wait. And as you wait, I'm gonna send the ghost. I'm gonna send the Holy Ghost. And when he comes, you're gonna get some power. Power is gonna come on your life. And there they begin to pray and they begin to wait. And the scripture finally says, after 10 days of waiting, suddenly, everyone say suddenly right now, suddenly a rushing wind filled the upper room. 120 were there gathered together. And the wind came through. When the wind came through, it was a manifestation of the Holy Spirit and tongues of fire began to rest on people's heads and automatically they begin to speak out in other tongues and as they begin to speak out in other tongues men and women who were passing by when they looked at it they said these people are drunk but Peter comes out in the very beginning of Acts he's like yo 
they're not drunk, it's early in the morning. Instead, they've been filled with the Spirit. And as they begin to utter other tongues, all of the different nations that were present there for the Feast of Weeks, they started hearing the gospel in this relevant, fascinating way, and they began to be compelled, and 8,000 people gave their life to Jesus that day. Come on, somebody, I know a ghost, and the ghost gives me power. I want us as a church, two weeks out from VUCONF Live on Pentecost Sunday, I want us to know that we have access to color TV, that we have access to FaceTime with God, that I'm not just gonna get to heaven, but I can actually thrive here on earth, but I need a helper, I need a friend, I need the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, that was his key command that you will receive power. And I wanna talk about three things today regarding this power. It's a basic outline. I wanna to talk to you about the prerequisite of his power. I wanna to talk to you about the purpose of the power. And then lastly, I wanna to talk to you about the proof of the power. Prerequisite, the purpose, and the proof. And just, I'm believing at the end of this stream right now, we're gonna have a time of prayer, we're gonna have a time of worship, and I'm believing that the same presence that we are encountering right here in this room, that even at home, that you're gonna experience his power today. He loves you, he has a plan for you. He wants you to walk boldly and confidently. Number one, let's talk about the prerequisite of his power. And let's go back to Acts chapter one. That's one chapter that we, before our opening text. And Zach, read for me verses 12 through, let's go all the way through 15, because I want people to see this. Okay. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of James. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers. The company of persons was in all about 120. Okay, I want you to see this. Here we go. The prerequisite to the power, you catch it right there. They were all together in one accord. The prerequisite to the power of the Holy Spirit is always this word called unity. Put it in the chat right now. Unity, unity. God loves our unity. You see, the day of Pentecost, whether you know it or not, it is very, very significant. Because today, as I'm in this studio and I'm coming to you by way of technology, this whole thing that we're doing is not about content creation. It's not about talking heads. It's not about keynote speeches. No, what we're doing today is we are following the pattern, the rhythm of our ancient brothers and sisters, the apostles, as they began 2,000 years ago. And this is the ecclesia, the gathering of the saints. It is the church of Jesus Christ. You see, Pentecost connects Christ to the church. This is why it matters. This is why we're celebrating it today. Because it was at Pentecost that Christ 
His ministry and his mission was connected to people, to the saints, to one body, in one accord. You might not know this today, but in the very same way that the Ruach, that's the spirit of God, it breathed on Adam in his lifeless body and then Adam came to life, it's the same thing with the church, that we were lifeless, we were without power, we were just men and women who knew the gospel, but we had not been commissioned with the gospel, we had not had the power of the gospel, but that same Ruach who shows up in Genesis that breathed on Adam comes in Acts chapter 2 and breathes on the church, breathes on the body of believers, breathes on those men and women who were in one body, in one accord. And when the Ruach shows up, just like Adam came to life, oh baby, the church of Jesus came to life. Come on. Happy birthday, church. Today's your birthday. You're roughly 2,020 years old today. Pentecost Sunday is your birthday celebration. Q50 cent. Oh, go, 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 shorty. It's your birthday. Put it in the track right now because it's your birthday today. That's what happened when the Spirit of God came. The church was fired up. The church was commissioned. The church was emblazoned with the power of God. I know a ghost. But before we ever got that power, there was something that they did. That was they came together and they united in one accord. This has always been the prayer of Jesus. I mean, we know this before he even goes to the cross, one of his last and final prayers. We talk about it a lot at Vu Churches, is Lord, let them, let them know me by their love for one another. God has always been after our unity, always been after our unity. We are called to walk in unity. Notice that when the Spirit first shows up, and this is gonna mess some people up, when the Holy Spirit shows up on the scene in Acts chapter two, the Holy Spirit doesn't pick an individual to fill. The Holy Spirit picks a body to fill. And the body, according to the Apostle Paul in the book of Corinthians, is you and I. That we all play a part in the body of Christ. That you and I, the church, that, that, that the filling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the power was a communal power. And it came upon them because they were willing to be united. They were willing to walk in unity. You know, whenever we start talking about unity, I've said it a lot, I said it in our Bricklayers collection a whole lot, unity starts with you. You gotta get that in your heart and put that in the chat right now. Unity starts with you, literally, the letter U, but, but you too, you. Like, we always think like, oh, I would be united if like Ashley would just like be nice to me, then we could be united. Or man, I would do better if Luke would do better. Or I'd play my part if, if Zach would play his part. What are we doing? We're putting the blame on other people. But a united mindset, a person who wants the power of the Holy Spirit, is looking for ways to walk in unity, is looking for ways for forgiveness to take place, that's looking for ways to not be trapped in offense, to not walk in resentment. How can we come alongside each other? How can we collaborate? How can we have one heart, one spirit? Because when you understand it, you recognize it's a prerequisite to the power. We see it right there in Acts chapter two. I remember when I was in college, I chose to, uh, to, to be in, I went to a Christian university, but I, I chose to sign up for uh, what they called Greek clubs. That was a Christian way at the university, a safe way to say fraternity. And I was in what I call a fake fraternity. God bless those guys if you're watching today by way of online. I'm not even gonna say the name because the name only has one chapter and it's in Cleveland, Tennessee. There, it's not a, it doesn't have any national chapters or any other places, just one because it's just for us. But we had this thing called an induction and the induction was really about teaching the values and the principles of the fraternity. 
And I'm sworn to secrecy, so I can't tell you all the oaths that I took and all the things I went through in the induction. If I told you, I'd have to kill you. But I'm not gonna do that today. Um, but there was one lesson that I thought was really powerful that we learned. And what they did was they would have the guys, the new guys that were getting into the fraternity line up and, and do this race. And we were racing each other. And over and over again, they would say to us, guys, there's only one way to win this race. But then what they would do is they would say, whoever wins the race, you get to sit on the wall and not do the second race. Well, I'm a competitive dude, bro. I'm like, all right, there's only one way to win this race. I think I know what that way is. It's called finish first and I can sit on the wall. And man, we went through, I, I, it felt like hours. It was probably 35 minutes, but it felt like hours of running sprints in this gym with this entire Greek club shouting, there's only one way to win this race. And over and over again, I would win some. And they'd go, Rich, and everyone would celebrate me. Go take a rest, man, take a break. And they would go, all right, guys, get back on the line. There's only one way to win this race. And everyone would get back on the line and they would start taking off and the next person would win and we'd exchange spots. And it was like this vicious cycle. And they just kept going, there's only one way to win this race. And I was completely sure that the way to win the race was I had to be first in line. Finally, after, I don't know, hours of this going by, somebody, not me, in my tap class, the guys that I was going through, understood what was taking place, that they were teaching us a lesson. And what was the lesson? Every time they said, there's only one way to win this race, and then they appealed to our ego, say, finish first, make yourself look good, get a rest over there. What they were trying to teach us was, was actually the only way to win this race is by finishing it together. And every time one of you finishes across the finish line before the rest of the group, well, you get a break, but the rest of them have to run again. I want you to hear the shout of heaven today that the church of Jesus Christ on our birthday, there is only one way to win this race. And the way that we win this race is together. Come on, somebody. Somebody put together in the chat. Unity starts with me. Say that right now in your home. You got your family there. You're watching right now. Say unity starts with me. Look at the people in your house. And just look at each other. And everyone just, unity starts with me. Unity starts with me. I gotta get my eyes off of Ashley. I gotta get my eyes off of Zach. I gotta get my eyes off of Carrie. It, Carrie's not my problem. I'm the problem. I have to walk in unity. And when I walk in unity, I think it becomes fertile ground for the Holy Spirit to show up. And when he shows up, he comes in power. The prerequisite to the power is unity. But secondly, I wanna show you the purpose of the power. Just help me out there in the chat. The purpose of the power. Zach, you were doing so good. This time I want you to read it in the voice of Mufasa from The Lion King. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I want us to read Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Um, this is actually the words of Jesus. And I just want to highlight again, I've already, already kind of quoted this, but I want, you to, I want everyone to see what Jesus says here because we're talking about the purpose of the power. And just read Acts 1, 8, and uh, we'll hear that together. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. It's beautiful. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my, what's the word, everybody? Come on, keep the lower third up. What's the word? And you will be my what? Witnesses. Witnesses. What is the purpose of the power? The purpose for the power is that you might be a better witness. It's actually to make your evangelism more effective. 
Let's give it a better phrase. The purpose of the power is people. Whoa, that might be an eye opener for some people out there today. That God gave you the Holy Spirit, not to make you better than people, but to make you better than yourself so that you could serve people in a greater way. Jesus says when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power so that you can be my witness. The reason why God is giving the Holy Spirit is because he wants you to be a better witness. He thinks that the Holy Spirit will help you be a better witness. You know, if I'm just given a personal testimony, this has been one of the greatest assets in my life of a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Because everywhere that I go, the scripture talks about it over and over again, pray without ceasing, and people get caught up in all that. But the way that I interpret that verse is that I'm just inviting the Holy Spirit into my everyday life. That wherever I go, whatever conversation I'm having, I'm just inviting the Holy Spirit. You lead me, you guide me. One of my favorite prayers to pray, get ready. Help. Help. Help me, Holy Spirit. You know, the scripture says over and over again that when you don't have the words to say, the Spirit will give you the words. I can't tell you guys how many different times I've been at a dinner with people that are not followers of Jesus, people that don't know God, and somewhere in the dinner, there takes a little turn in the conversation. It's why we even go to dinner. It's why we even get out of our houses because we get to be salt and we get to be light. And I, just can't, I can tell you story after story. There's a little pivot, there's a little turn, there's a little opening, there's a little glimmer of hope. The conversation, the party, it starts to have a little ounce of purpose. And with it, I begin to step out, not always you know, having all the right words or having all the strength, but as I step out in faith, I feel the wind the Ruach of the Holy Spirit behind me. So many times as I begin to talk to individuals, not knowing all of the right answers, not knowing all the right things to say, but as I step out in faith, the Holy Spirit shows up and he enhances my witness. See, this is important that you see this because once again, I grew up in a Pentecostal circle. Pentecostal shouldn't be completely it's not a direct correlation to Pentecost. Pentecost is a holiday. Pentecost is this day that we're representing. Pentecostals is literally a denomination. It's a group of people that have a doctrine and fundamental statements, but I grew up in those circles. And many times in Pentecostal circles, what we would get caught up with is that we would get caught up with the gift of speaking in tongues. By the way, I speak in tongues and I can preach to a whole mess about speaking in tongues and the gift that it has been in my life. It has helped me immensely. But you must understand that according to scripture, there's different types of tongues. You see, the tongues that happens here in Acts chapter two is not the same tongues that Paul talks about in Romans when it says that the spirit, when you don't have the words to say that the, the spirit groans and there's utterances that you don't understand. It's not that kind of tongues. It's not the same tongues as the tongues that he talks about to the church in Corinth, which is the gift of speaking in tongues. No, what you'll notice in Acts chapter two is that the tongues that was given that day, well, what happens? People that were there for the Feast of Weeks different people coming from all different walks of life, different nations, different tongues, different nationalities, different language. When the spirit came in and they began to speak out in other tongues, you go read Acts chapter two. What happened was, was all of these people started to hear the message of Jesus in their own native tongue. So why did the Holy Spirit show up? Was the purpose of the power so they could just have a gift and to speak into tongues and go look how spiritually elite we are? No, the reason why the Holy Spirit showed up was to enhance their witness, to make their ministry relevant. I could prove this in lots of different ways, but how about one right here? 
Jesus. He gets baptized in the Jordan. You remember this story, his cousin John. Jesus goes into the water, he comes out of the water, the heavens open up, and the Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus in the form of a dove. Then we hear the Father in heaven. Here's three in one, one in three. Jesus, the dove, the Spirit, Father in heaven. This is my son whom I love and I am well pleased. Notice when the Spirit descends upon Jesus, does Jesus start speaking in tongues? No, not at all. He doesn't start speaking in tongues, but just because he didn't speak in tongues doesn't mean that he wasn't feeling and experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit. See, I would actually submit to you today that the power of the Spirit, the power of the Holy Ghost, the purpose of the power is for people. The purpose of the power is to make the ministry that we are doing relevant. That's why I love our church, because if you're not careful, you'll look around like, dude, that man's got purple pants on and his cell phone on his shirt, and man, these guys up here, man, like, they're, not even in a real, they're not in a real temple. I don't see a bunch of crosses everywhere, and they don't seem Christian enough, and I don't think they speak in tongues nearly enough on the streams, and I don't actually think that those guys are actually empowered by the Spirit. I think that those guys are missing the power. But I would say, I don't know if I agree with you. Because when I look around at Vu Church, all I see is the power of the Holy Spirit. When I look at Vu Church and I just look at the last 11 weeks and I see hundreds and hundreds of people who have given their life to Jesus, what it tells me with is that this message that is old is now becoming relevant through the power of the Holy Spirit and the purpose of the power was for people. Understand that God gives you the power that you might reach people that your witness might be enhanced. I know a ghost. Because I know a ghost, he has made me more effective with people that at times you might be saying, man, I feel like God is speaking to me. Thank you, Rich, but there is no gratitude or thanks to me. It's the spirit working through me. You might hear one of these guys lead worship and say, man, every time you sing, bro, it's like, I just, I sense God. But the truth of the matter is we're grateful for them. They're just available. They're just saying, God, use me. But it is the spirit of God at work that is taking the ministry of Jesus and reminding you that the church of Jesus Christ is alive and the power of the Holy Spirit is taking that which is old and it is making relevant to you today. I know a ghost, and because I know a ghost, I have the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not just the prerequisite of the power that I want you to see, it's not just the purpose of the power. Lastly today, as we get ready to close, and we're gonna spend some time just praying today. We're two weeks away from VooConf Live, and man, our, our team, we work hard at this every year. We, we work as much as we can to make this event happen because we want people to connect with God. I believe there's gonna be people that get saved at VooConf Live. The fact that it's free, it just took down all of the barriers, all of the obstacles. It's gonna be easier than ever to connect. It's so, so easy. It's so easy to lean in. And I'm just believing that so many people are gonna come and they're gonna be looking for clarity and as we begin that conference on June 12th that morning, I think so many people are gonna hear from the Spirit and their life, well, it's gonna move forward in a powerful way. It's the prerequisite of the power, it's the purpose of the power, but lastly, it's, it's the proof of the power. And I kind of leaned into it already, but what is the proof of the power? How do I actually know that I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit? I grew up with a teaching that you know you're baptized in the Holy Spirit with the initial evidence of you speaking in tongues. I still believe in the gift of speaking in tongues. In fact, today I think that if you want that gift, the scripture is really clear. You know how you get the gifts? You simply desire the gifts. They're gifts. 
That's it, they're gifts. You desire them. You follow Jesus and you believe what he said and you desire the gifts. So if you wanna speak in tongues today, ask him. But speaking in tongues is not a proof of the spirit. It's, it's not a proof by any means. Speaking in tongues is a provision of the spirit. That's what it is. So Rich, what is the proof? Like how do I, how do I actually know that I'm, I'm walking with the power? How do I actually know that I know the ghost? Like is there a proof to that? I heard the prerequisite, I gotta get unified. Maybe there's some people right now that you gotta ask forgiveness to. Maybe somebody, maybe, simple man, like don't just hear this message and like take notes. What do you need to do? Maybe you need to apologize to someone. Maybe it's in your marriage right now. I'm sorry, that's a good start. Maybe it's with your coworkers. Yo, forgive me. Could I be prohibiting? The, the spirit is a person. You know the Bible says you can grieve the spirit? Why can you grieve the spirit? Because he, he's a person. I wonder today, like, maybe it's our division, maybe it's our grumbling, maybe it's our complaining, maybe it's our gossip that, that, that's, that's preventing at times for us to walk and operate fully in the power of the Spirit. Or, or maybe today we've just forgotten the purpose of the power. The purpose of the power is not so I can look so great. The purpose of the power is so that I can reach and help people. That's what we want. We want to help people know the story of God. But what is the proof? How, how can I... How can I know what the proof is? This is good. Zach, do me a favor. This is Paul's letter to the, to the Galatians. And I want you to read chapter five, verse 22, because this is something that wasn't taught to me. This is something that I had to, had to learn and discover, and it has made all the difference in my life. Galatians chapter five, verse 22. Tell us what the proof of the power is. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Do you know where fruit comes from? Fruit comes from a root. If you don't like the fruit of your life, check the root of your life. All fruit is doing is fruit is evidence. Fruit is proof of the root of what it's attached to, of what it's springing up out of. You wanna know what the proof of the power is? You wanna know what the proof of the spirit is? The proof is the fruit. Because you can talk in tongues all day long, you can prophesy, you can spin in circles, you can fall down, you can shout. I'm actually not against any of it. You leave me in here long enough, you're gonna see me jumping all around this room doing cartwheels, going across every one of these chairs. I love being free in the spirit. I love experiencing all of the mysterious things about God, but listen to me, none of that stuff is truly the proof. If you're lacking love, if you're lacking joy, what good is it to speak in tongues if you don't have any peace? What good is it to prophesy if you don't have love? Wait a minute, Paul talked about that. He says if you don't have love, your entire life is a resounding gong, a clanging cymbal. He said you can prophesy and know all the mysteries, but if you don't have love, you got nothing. That's what this is about. The proof is the fruit. God, give me love, God, give me joy. God, let me be a person of self-control. What good is it to be used on Sunday in some mysterious, magical, supernatural way, but then go live like hell Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday? The scripture says that the gifts come without repentance. 
Meaning that I get gifts at times and God gave me a personality and God gave me talents. And many times we get these things mixed up. We think because that person's charming or that person's gifted or that person can sing that somehow that's the proof. It's not the proof. The proof is the fruit. The proof is the fruit. And Pentecost Sunday is about you and I coming back to going, all right, let's examine our lives. If I'm missing fruit right now, maybe it's because I'm not being led by the Spirit. Maybe it's because I haven't let the Spirit invade my life and overwhelm my life. That idea of baptism is about a full submersion. So Jesus said, you've been, John baptized you with water, but I'm gonna baptize you with fire. I mean, you'll be fully submerged. The Spirit wants to overtake you. He doesn't want to make over for your life. He wants to take over of your life. And what happens is, his fruit starts springing up. I'm led by the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. The proof is the fruit. And I could tell you story after story about the Holy Spirit's whisper in my life. I can tell you moments where the Holy Spirit led me, directed me, guided me, helped me. I love that little word, the parakletos, just the counselor, he's walking with you. Don't get me wrong, you follow God long enough, he's mysterious. <laughs> I love how we get, we're, we're, we're so afraid as Christians to be weird. <laughs> Newsflash, you're already weird. Right now you're watching a live stream with your family and friends and some of you are crying right now. That's pretty weird, bro. It's weird. You believe in a guy named Jesus who died on a cross, resurrected, and one day we believe he's coming back, but you've never even seen him before, but you believe it. That, 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 you're already weird. Well, don't be afraid of being weird. You're going to be weird being a Christian. The Holy Spirit, man, he's just got great things for you. But he's the counselor. He's, he's the friend. He walks with us. He's, he's the helper. I can just think about testimonies when I needed the Holy Spirit. I was getting ready to preach today and I wanted to make this as personal as I could. You know, I, I grew up in church once again and sometimes in church we can be really immature. I'm not gonna make you guys answer it, but you ever, you ever played that game where you're like, Lord, I need a word and you flip and like, let's see, you know, you open your Bible like, Lord, what's the word, you know? One time I did that, I, it's like Jesus, uh, Judas hung himself. I'm like, not, not a word for me, you know, like, I don't need that word. Like, I, I don't really actually believe in, you know, flipping and hoping that somehow you're going to get a word. I did a lot of that as a child, but I'll never forget, many of you guys know the story of my wife, Don Shree, and I, and our journey of infertility. And after eight years of trying to have kids through the power of the Holy Spirit, I believe, uh, with the help of doctors and people, that Don Shree, she became pregnant. And uh, in January of 2018, my wife gave birth to our firstborn son, Wyatt Wesley Wilkerson, pride and joy of my life. I love him so much. But what people don't know is about two or three weeks out, and it's just personal little story, but two or three weeks out, Don Shree was experiencing pain in her tailbone. And so she went and saw her doctor and ultimately the decision came back that we had to make a decision. Were we going to have a natural birth or were we going to have a C-section? I know many of you that are watching right now, you've had much bigger struggles and much bigger pain. But the truth is that the storms of life are always relative to your life. I can't really judge Luke's storms. I can only walk through the storms that I go through. And for us, after going through eight years of infertility and us longing for the day to have a natural birth, it was kind of this big decision to make. And I remember we had to make the decision right then, right there. Like we have to make this decision. Like we have to give an answer to the doctor. And 
really Don Cherie, she just goes, Rich, I want you to make the decision. Like, just you tell me what to do. Uh, what, what, what we were afraid of is with her tailbone situation that um, having a natural birth, it could have caused a whole lot of harm to Don Shuri and a, a much longer recovery. And so I remember I was driving back from the office and I pulled into my driveway and I had to come in and give Don Shuri an answer. My Bible was just sitting right next to me. It's just that picture of who Jesus is. It's the character of who our God is and it's the story of our God. And I, I don't ever want to get a word from the Holy Spirit that doesn't line up with what God has already said. God does not, you know, disagree with himself, okay? He always speaks one word. But I had my Bible sitting there and I had to come in the house. You can call me immature and you can call me rich. That's not smart, but I just said, Holy Spirit, I need a word right now. <laughs> I sounded like I was my 12-year-old self. I saw my Bible. I just said, Holy Spirit, I need a word right now. And you can call whatever you want. Some of you right now, you might go, oh, Rich, this is just coincidence. But it wasn't coincidence to me. It was, it was divine appointment type stuff. I reached for my Bible and I just turned it open. And the first thing that I turned it to was the book of John. And right in John chapter 16, the first thing my eyes were drawn to was verse 21. In my Bible, I want to show it to you right here. In my Bible, it's underlined with a blue pen. I have no idea when I underlined this. I have no idea when I first read this. But this is where Jesus is describing the Holy Spirit. So here I am going, Holy Spirit, I need a word right now. I open my Bible. I know it sounds a little mysterious. I know it sounds a little strange. And if it's too much for you, okay, I'm just telling you what it did for me. I'm going to show you what it did for me. John chapter 16, verse 21, Jesus is describing the Holy Spirit and he's talking about don't mourn, don't be afraid. I'm gonna send you a helper. I'm not leaving you down on this earth all by yourself. You don't just have to stare at the word and long for the day that I return. I'm sending you the ghost. And he gives a picture of short-term pain but of long-term gain in the illustration, the master communicated that Jesus is. John chapter 16, verse 21, he says, a woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. And friend, it might sound simple to you, but it was the word that I needed. I began to weep in my driveway. Nobody knew I was crying. It was just me and the Holy Spirit. And guess what the result was? The fruit of the Spirit began to erupt in my life. I could sense my roots growing deep. And the fruit that was birthed was this word called peace. I had clarity. I was able to make a decision. And I walked into the house and I told Auntie, I said, this is what we're going to do. And together I said, I just got a word from the Holy Spirit. And I got peace. It's a proof right now. We're going to be good. And of course, Wyatt Wesley was born and Dauntree is healthy. And that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. And you're going to live to tell the story. I'm still preaching last collections content because it's a word in my spirit. I know a ghost. And the ghost helps me get through. I don't need the power just to get to heaven. Jesus already did that. I need the power to survive here on earth. Some of us right now going through COVID-19, freaked out, scared. Every time we hear a new thing on the news, we break, we fall apart. What if there was a helper? What if there was a counselor? What if there was one that wanted to come alongside you and provide you strength? I got news for you, he exists. His name is the Holy Spirit. And when he hits your life, ooh, you start walking in a new confidence. You start getting unified. You start discovering the purpose of the power. It's for people, but you start having proof of the power in your life. I want you today, if you've never, ever caught, that's a Pentecostal word, 
If you never caught the ghost, I want to give you a chance right now, two weeks out from Voo Conference Life, to catch the ghost. That's a word. I don't know if Ash probably might have heard that a couple of times. Maybe Carrie. Carrie, I know where Carrie grew up too. Carrie heard that. I think everybody up in this room heard that term. I caught the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I like that term. It's a fun term. A lot of people live their whole life. I just want to catch the Holy Spirit. I just want to catch the Holy Spirit. I'm trying to catch the Holy Spirit. All right, did we catch the Holy Spirit? How was the service? Did we catch the Holy Spirit? Did we catch the Holy Spirit? Really, really cool to catch the Holy Spirit. But I'm a football fan. And football, um, there's this term. And the term is for wide receivers and for quarterbacks, but for receivers. In fact, my favorite wide receiver, once again, my boy Oliver, who helped me out with my notes at the start of this sermon, massive Patriots fan, shout out to New England. I sure wish we could have, uh, you know, inherited that uh, beautiful blessing uh, of that quarterback in Miami, but we're going to have to just do a Tua, shout out to Tua. But my favorite receiver, and Oliver's nodding right now, was a man by the name of Wes Welker. And Wes Welker was a little guy. I don't know his height, but he was under six foot for sure. He was little. He didn't look like he could play the part. He didn't look like he could be on a dynasty type team, but he turned out to be one of the best receivers in the NFL. He was mysterious. The stuff that he could pull off, he could just break tackles. He could get all the place. But the thing that made Wes Welker so, so powerful was this little term in football called YAK. YAK is an acronym that stands for yards after the catch. You see, what was so mysterious and so powerful about Wes Welker was never about where he caught the football, but rather it was where he took the football. I don't know, maybe you're not catching it right now, but this is a word for some of us right now. We as the church, it's not just about catching the Holy Spirit but rather the word for the church is, where are you taking the Holy Spirit? What's the yards that you're catching? What's the yards that you're gaining after you caught the power? I want the power of the Holy Spirit to walk with me into every season, into every moment, into the valleys, into the difficult moments. I know a ghost, and because I know the ghost, I don't just catch it, baby, I take it! Come on, somebody. You take it, you take it. Where you catch it is not where you leave it. It's where you take it. Happy birthday, Church of Jesus Christ. Happy birthday, Voo Church. Because we're going to continue to take the Spirit. I don't want you just to catch it today. I want you to catch it, and I want you to gain some yards. I want you to move the church forward. He fills us because we're unified, and He, he gives us His power because it's for people. And He says there's proof. When our church calls out to the Holy Spirit, we're going to be more loving. We're going to be more joyful, more faithful. Oh, God, I want to be more kind. Lord, I want to be, I want, what, that word, goodness. God, I want, to, I want more goodness in my life. I'll tell you how you get it. The Holy Spirit. Not just where I catch it, where I take it. You know, I know it's church online. I know you're not in this room right now, but I just, I just sense the power of the Holy Spirit. I felt really, really led today as I walked in here on Pentecost Sunday that this was the message for so many people. I know a ghost. I don't just need the power to get me to heaven. I need the power to survive here on earth. And I just asked the team to sing this beautiful song that's called The Great Assembly. And I've been listening to this song during quarantine. And the song and the lyrics, it so describes the situation of unity. And I just thought we'd have a moment of prayer 
a moment that we would wait for a moment. Jesus said, wait, and I will send the Spirit. They waited 10 days. I wonder, can we wait another 10 minutes? Can we take just a few minutes right now? And can we just wait together in God's presence? And can we just listen to the Holy Spirit? Carrie and Ashley are gonna come and they're gonna sing this song. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna wait on the Holy Spirit. I don't know where this is all going. I just, I wanna stay in the tension of the mystery of God a little bit, that God's power is here. You guys can move this table right here. I just sense that he's here right now that he wants to move in your living room. He wants to move in your car right now. He wants to move right there in your apartment, that in your kitchen, the power of the Holy Spirit, you're gonna catch it, but you're not just gonna catch it, you're gonna take it somewhere. Come on guys, lead us. Let's just sing, let's just lean into his presence. Maybe kneel down, maybe lift your hands towards heaven. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. God, I'm available. I want all that you have, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit, fill this place. Here we are gathered in one place together. Your spirit is drawing us. Our hearts are burning. Jesus, you're all we want. I want more of you, Jesus. We want more of you, God. Know us by our love. 
I'm not afraid, I know a ghost. Out of prayer language, begin to use your prayer language. You speak in tongues, start speaking in tongues. If you prophesy, start prophesying. Hallelujah! Fill us! I pray right now for everybody who is watching right now. May your presence overwhelm them where they are. Lord, I pray your presence would invade their home. God, your presence would invade right now their living room. Holy Spirit, come. Let us experience you. God, we want to bring heaven down to earth. Help us restore. Help us rebuild. Give us strength today. Help, Holy Spirit. Help us right now if you've never received the gift of speaking in tongues just open yourself up right now be filled be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit just begin to receive it right now just begin to receive it you have a gift right now spirit begins to utter on your behalf you don't even know what he's praying but it's prayers to heaven it's prayers to the Father oh I sense him at work right now I just sense there's people even watching right now that have been going through a season of discouragement there's people that are watching right now that you are in a place right now where depression is overtaking your mind. Maybe you're taking medication. Maybe you've been seeing a counselor. All of those things are good. All of those are things that we believe in here at VU Church. But I wonder, have you ever tried the ghost? <laughs> I wonder, have you ever tried the Holy Spirit? 
Have you ever had a fresh touch of his anointing? Because he can meet you right where you are and he can strengthen you for today. Be filled with the Spirit. Sense his presence at work in your life. God, we wait on you. Fill us, Holy Spirit. Fill us, Holy Spirit. God, give us power, Lord. Give us power, Lord. Enhance our witness. Make us more effective evangelists. Help us to make this old message relevant for new people, Lord. God, we believe in the gospel. We believe in your word. We believe, God, that you're the same God yesterday, today, and forever. If you healed back then, you can heal right now today. So Lord, I pray for people that are sick in their bodies right now on Pentecost Sunday. Lord, I, I plead the blood of Jesus. I declare the power of the Holy Spirit that right now healing can begin to occur. I don't know, maybe there's an area on your body right now that there's pain or sickness. Take that hand. I can't get to you, but I believe right now that we are activating the promises of God that as we stretch our hands towards you, that right now we're laying our hands on you. And according to scripture, if you're sick in your body, come on, you find that area and pray the prayer of healing. Believe right now, God is healing you. God is restoring your body. God is setting you up. God, we receive it. Not by might, nor by will, but by your spirit. By your spirit. Yes, God, we need your spirit. Come on, lift your hands in your home. Get up on your feet. Lift your hands to heaven. Come on and give God worship. Come on, sing it out. tuning in from right now but I know this I know that Jesus has a plan and I know that when Jesus ascended to heaven his ministry did not stop but rather he sent the spirit and he filled the believers and Pentecost it connects Christ to the church the ministry moves on today he's here if you've never met Jesus you know, it's Jesus who paid for your sins it's Jesus who died for you it's Jesus who took your place that's why we pray to Jesus, because he intercedes to, uh, to, for, on our behalf. He, he reminds the Father of his sacrifice. And right now, I want to give you a chance. If you've never put your faith in Jesus, Scripture says, yet to all who received him and believed in his name, he gave them the right to be called children of God. Would you just pray this prayer? Say, dear Jesus, today I surrender. I give you my life. 
Forgive me. Wash me clean. I need your forgiveness. I receive all that you have for me. I believe you are who you said that you are. Today, Jesus, I put my trust in you, completely in you. Save me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Come on. We put our hands together for what God's doing today. Hey, listen, if you just prayed that prayer, we would just love right there in the chat to say, I have decided. I have decided. I have decided. I have decided. Put it in the chat. Come on, help me out, chat. I have decided. There's a link right there. Click on the link. Fill out the connect card because we want to put a Bible in your hand. We want to partner with you. We're, we're the body of Christ. We're the church, and we want to walk this journey out with you. And Maybe today you're hearing this message and you can think of someone right now who needs to hear this word on Pentecost Sunday. Why don't you share it? Why don't you like it? Why don't you subscribe it? Maybe you just, you just gave your life to Jesus. Why don't you text me? 305-501-1890. I would love to hear that story. Your stories, I'm telling you what, it encourages my spirit. And I want to hear about what God's doing in your life. Church, we love you so very, very much. Can't wait to see you next week. Get ready for VUConf Live. We're two weeks away. You guys are the best in the world. God bless you. We'll see you soon. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with friends. It helps so much. For more content from VU and to connect with us, go to vuchurch.com. We love you. The best is yet to come.